What if, in times of tension, there was one question you could ask yourself that would lead to happiness? So in this episode, I'll share that question. And this is a technique that I've used in life and horsemanship. I'm not sure if it's a horsemanship technique that informed my life or a life technique that informed my horsemanship, but it helps equally with each, and I hope it helps you. So here we go, episode 98, Love It or Change It. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. So that's a pretty intriguing idea that what if, what if in any moment of tension, there was one question you could ask yourself that would help you navigate through it and lead to more happiness. So this is something, like I said, I've done in my life, but in order to figure out how this could work, we need to look at what does it even mean to be happy? So the dictionary You know how I love going to the dictionary. The dictionary says happy is feeling or showing pleasure or contentment. So then I had to look up what contentment is. And the dictionary says contentment is a state of happiness and not wanting for more. And I think that last part is the important part. You know, so happiness isn't just superficial stuff. It's a deep feeling of right here, right now, there's nothing I'd rather be doing or feeling. So it's being in harmony with yourself at the moment. And you don't have to take my word for it. So there's this quote by Mahatma Gandhi who said, happiness is when you're in harmony. Happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are all in harmony. Now, as a horse person since as long as I can remember, but uh, as a horse trainer, I've been, in a way, a professional harmony creator. I'm a harmony maker. It's what I've always done. It's the priority as a horse trainer. And so as as a dressage professional... I had a focus on being an expert in physical harmony, but then in more natural horsemanship or partnership-based training that I'm focusing on now, it requires me to be, you know, expert and to be focused on creating mental and emotional harmony also. And so now the training scale that I use really teaches students to prioritize mental, emotional, and physical happiness and harmony with their horses. And it improves their tangible results. It improves their performance. But there's a side effect. And I noticed the side effect years ago. The side effect is this. Students get happier too. I mean, horses are big, magnificent beings that we can connect with. 
as we ride together into the future, fulfilled with feelings of power and oneness and ease. It's a synchronous exchange of leading and following and sharing energy in flow. I mean, you guys know that. But this is also a great way to go through life. Now, I've noticed with horses that big disharmonies are obvious, right? The horse runs away. (laughs) We fall off. They bite us. When those things happen, we know we need to change something or we need to learn how to follow them better or stay on them when they do it. What I've noticed is the biggest troubles are when it's not big. The trouble is that horses don't always run away with us. They don't always buck us off. We don't always fall off. And it's these sort of low-level disharmonies that are insidious. People will fight with their horses, work harder and harder, and use artificial means in an effort to control and force their plans and ideas on horses. I mean, not you guys, but I know you've seen this. And this is often done, you know, within a range of of what's considered commonly acceptable. And it's really common for riders to live with kind of a fear of letting go and maybe even blaming their horses for what's not working. And maybe even worse yet is that many times we people will just tolerate things that aren't working. And then we kind of get used to feeling out of harmony. And if it's not a big problem, if we're not falling off, (laughs) if our horses aren't running away from us, it's easy to convince ourselves that it's okay. So oftentimes people will put on a brave face, will rationalize, and quietly accept living with this chronic level of tension. After all, I mean, riding's hard. It's normal to have to struggle, especially in the dressage world. (laughs) People are really tolerant of struggling. And in talking about this, can you see that this might not be just about horses, right? This, this idea is how people do life. When we have a big problem, the big wake up call, the big experience, we go, whoa, (laughs) things are going to have to change. Or maybe the universe just changes it for us, but it's big and we do something about it. So it's those insidious ones, it's those little ones, it's the low-level chronic disharmonies that I'm really interested in because those are the ones that can create, I think, so much unhappiness. So from now on, as I go through the rest of this episode, you can think of every time I say the word horse, you could actually substitute the word life. Or maybe if I say the word life, you can substitute the word horse. So how are we going to find harmony with our horse? Parentheses, life. So harmony is really about aligning what you think 
with what you do. Just like Gandhi said, when what you think and what you say and what you do are in harmony. But the trouble is we humans are masters of disconnecting here. We say, I'm fine. <laughs> it's just a part of our culture to do that. How are you? Fine. <laughs> we pretend we're okay when we're not. Now that's maybe appropriate as a casual greeting exchange, but not as a way of being. And this disconnection between what we think and what we do creates confusion and tension or even sometimes aggression with our horses. They start checking out or they stop listening to us or they become anxious. And the ultimate result is our horses, parentheses life, end up going off course. So I think there's two ways to be in harmony with your horse. So when I'm, when I'm training a horse or riding a horse or working with someone with their horse, I think there's two ways to be in harmony. Number one, go where your horse is going. <laughs> as fast as your horse is going there, go with your horse or change where your horse is going to match where you want to go. Now, I know that seems obvious and simple, but the truth is, most of the time, I think we're somewhere in the middle. For example, we ask our horse to go somewhere, and your horse goes mostly where you asked, but not really. So maybe down the long side, but kind of leaning in a little bit, or at a certain speed, and they're mostly going that speed, as long as you keep a little bit of a hold on them. Or they're mostly staying in a position as long as you got to keep those legs on. And so this is where you have a choice, right? So you're going along and you get that feeling of, hmm, that's pretty good. It's mostly there. Not too bad. But really you have two, two choices if you want things to be even better. And this is where... You know, when I teach students and I say, you know, how does your horse feel? Or, you know, is your horse matching your picture? And they say something like, yeah, that's pretty good. And I tell them, well, what if I taught you that way? What if you did something and you asked me for feedback? And I said, well, yeah, it's pretty good. And that was all I said. <laughs> Wouldn't you be wanting more? <laughs> you know, what, why not go for the, oh my gosh, yes, this is amazing. So in this moment where you're, you're feeling like, well, I'm not really going with my horse. I'm not really not going with my horse. That's a moment of tension. It's a moment where things could maybe be better. So you have, you have to ask yourself this question. All right, am I going to love this or am I going to change it? So how do you do that? When you choose to love it, like let's say we just decide, you know what? I think I'm just going to go with it for whatever reason, we can talk about that later, but you decide to go with it. So in this moment, you decide to be 100% happy and you mentally, emotionally, and physically follow your horse. You decide it's okay and you don't wish it was different. So maybe what your horse, parentheses life, 
offered was perfectly reasonable and even maybe better than what you originally asked for. That's a possibility too, if we let go of our ideas. So in that moment, if you choose to love it, you just position yourself to allow it to be easy for the horse to continue on his path. We have to do this a lot with young horses or actually any horse that's not at the uh, pinnacle and perfection of (laughs) the goal, right? So any horse who's not um, at his absolute best at Grand Prix (laughs) doing everything perfectly, there's times when we have to go, all right, I know what absolute perfection is. And I know what the ultimate goal is of what this, the Grand Prix or fill in the blank version of whatever the pinnacle of what you're doing is. And then you, you're picturing that. And now you've got your like four-year-old horse who's trotting down the long side. Do we ride that four-year-old horse going, eh, you know, it's pretty good for you. Maybe in 10 years, I'll be happy when you're at that (laughs) Grand Prix perfection. No, when you're riding a baby horse that's four years old, you have your expectation. And when he, you know, does his little version of it, you decide to love it. And you make that horse feel like a rock star because you hundred percent are happy with him, and you mentally, emotionally, and physically follow him in that. You don't ride that baby horse judging him on what he's not. (laughs) So that's an example. So, or you could choose to change something. So if you decide to change it, then in this moment, you can decide to re-ask, re-clarify, re-motivate your horse to do 100% of what you originally asked. And you don't stop re-clarifying or re-motivating until you get it. And so if you decide, no, we're going to change this, (laughs) that's when it's important to ask yourself another question, which if you work with me, you've heard a lot, which is, is it fair, reasonable, and possible for me to make this request and expect success from my horse, parentheses life, in this moment? And if you decide, yeah, it's fair, it's reasonable, and it's possible, then you're going to figure out how to change it. And you're going to get curious. And you're going to realize it might take a a little bit of a process, or you're going to find the easiest version of it to be successful today so that you can end up loving it. But if you stop and you go, you know what? My horse is only four years old. This is only the third time he's been ridden. I think what I'm expecting is too much. I'm going to decide I'm just going to love it. (laughs) Then you got to love it as it is. So it's a lot about choosing your expectations and choosing your goals so that you can either change it so you can love it or just love it and changing it might happen another day. So that all sounds nice, right? You're like, Karen, this is obvious. Isn't that what we all do? No, (laughs) I have found, I've experienced, and I can speak for myself that there's so much time that we spend loving it, but not really. So you resolve to wishing things were different. You tolerate. 
maybe at the same time while complaining or internalizing, ugh, this horse is so slow. <laughs> ugh, I'm just not good at this. You may not notice that what you got was actually better than what you asked for. And your confidence plummets and you have a lingering feeling that something is missing. So you pretend to be loving it, but there's something in the background that's still wishing for more. Whether it's your mind, ugh, this is so slow. I wish this horse was more energetic. Or you're deciding to love it, but you're still kind of holding on a little bit. Okay, we'll let, I'll let my horse go this fast, but you're still kind of gripping, kind of wishing he was slowing down. So to really love it mentally, emotionally, and physically, because that's what happens in those dreamy moments. Those are the, the, those magical moments we come in with is because, oh my gosh, I want for no, for, I want for nothing else. I'm content. This is amazing. So we can recreate this. You can recreate it by deciding. So one of the strategies that I use with, um, let's say, a horse that, that's lower energy than what the rider would like. <laughs> and from the minute get, they get on, they're pushing the horse and pushing the horse and pushing the horse. And guess what? The horse keeps feeling pushed. So they're changing it, but not really, because the horse continues to want to be slower than what they're asking. And they maybe think they're following, but often when I say, just follow the horse, are you a neutral? I can look at the legs and I'm like, your legs are still pushing. <laughs> so sometimes with that person, I'll just say, you know, let's, let's two ways to find harmony. Instead of just nagging and nagging and nagging, why don't we just love whatever this horse offers? Let's try loving it a hundred percent, which means take your legs off. Don't push. Only move your seat the amount that your seat is moved by the horse. And can, and here's the hard part, <laughs> and can you mentally, emotionally really love it? I'll often tell people to like, think of a song or put a mantra in your head of like, oh my gosh, this horse is so beautifully slow. <laughs> And the, the mental emotional part is really hard for riders. It's hard not to be sarcastic. Oh yeah, great walk. <laughs> but that's the piece because, and here's how it works for training. You might think, yeah, that's nice. Great. Now you got a really slow horse, but here's what happens. Your horse gets to experience harmony. So instead of having a rider who gets on as constantly pushing for more and never really getting it. That horse gets to experience you on board deciding to go with the horse, meet the horse where they are, and harmony feels good. In harmony, there is ease, there's effortlessness, there's lack of resistance. And from that place, well, number one, both of you, if you can get there, both of you will feel happier. And if you don't feel happier doing this, then you're not really 100% loving it. Now are you? <laughs> you're still critiquing it. You're loving it, but not really. But even from a training technique, if we want to get out of the woo-woo happiness stuff and go training technique, if you allow yourself to love it, your horse will experience harmony with you. And from a place of harmony, it will be easier then to begin to educate 
even the dressage, the object of dressage says the development of the horse into a happy athlete through harmonious education. Where does the harmony come in? First. From harmony, we can educate. All right, so what happens if you decide you need to change it? Well, what happens is often people are trying to change it, but not really. (laughs) You think you're changing it, but not really. And I think we've all experienced this. You try to change the way things are going, but you end up often doing just enough to meet resistance and maybe even cause some brace. You kind of get into the problem, but you're not doing enough to actually get through the problem. And now you and your horse are holding mental, emotional, and physical tension, and you repeat the pattern regularly. You go around and around, one more time, one more time, one more time, one more time, same thing the next day. And then often you're convinced that this must be a difficult horse. Parentheses life. Yeah, life is hard, right? Life is a challenge. Bleep happens. When really it comes down to techniques of changing it. Okay, you're trying to change it. You think it's a fair, reasonable, and possible thing to change. It's not working. And really all you need, all you need to do, (laughs) it's not so simple. Easier said than done. But the goal is going, all right, well, if it's not changing, then I'm either in the wrong position or it really isn't the right exercise to try to do, or maybe I have to explain it differently, or maybe I have to break it down. What's an easier version of this? Maybe it'll be easier at the walk instead of the canter, whatever it is. But you're, if you're trying to change it and it's not really changing, you just haven't figured out the piece. And this is, you know, this is, I think, where so many of us are. We have good ideas and it seems like it should work, but it doesn't work. And it's easy to think, well, that horse is you know, dumb, or that horse is lazy, or that horse is this or that. It's really, but it's up to us to figure out how to be better at changing it. And that's the education part and the choice of exercise part and our own physical use of our body and our aids and things like that. But this should be the fun part. I mean, if you like working with horses, (laughs) you better think that this is the fun part because Horses need us to do this. We always need to find the technique. And how do we sit to make that even easier? But if we if we get stuck loving it, but not really, or changing it, but not really, we're out of harmony. Neither of these are harmonious situations. So will you love it or change it in the moment? Will you decide to love everything your horse, parentheses life, is presenting in this moment and go with it and surrender to it with all your heart? The definition of happiness is the contentment and contentment is not wanting for anything more. Or will you change what your horse, parentheses life, (laughs) is presenting you and be effective and clear and motivating about the change? And maybe can you be a reason and a motivation for change? So this is big stuff. It's big stuff in small steps. So some of you might be thinking, love, change, 
Great, Karen. Thanks. Only the two things humans struggle with the most. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some more, you know, how do we actually do this? Some things we can practice. Number one, commit to small changes. So before things get disastrous, they can change just a little. Commit to solving little disharmonies immediately. A little disharmony is much easier to address. But one degree of disharmony ignored can lead you way off track eventually. So don't wait until your horse, parentheses life, is heading for a cliff at a dead run before deciding to change things. And don't wait until after your horse is gone to realize how much you actually loved riding him, even if he was too slow, and even if he didn't have all the skills you want. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. The second thing you can do is notice it. And that's maybe the first thing. Recognize when you need to love or change something. Notice when you're in disharmony. Now, if you're in chronic disharmony, it might just feel like that's just life. But it doesn't have to be. Life doesn't have to be disharmonious. And I don't mean everything's always perfect. I just mean when things aren't perfect, we can either love it or change it. So if we're in chronic disharmony, figure out the easiest way to experience a harmonious moment with your horse. When I meet horses and riders who really have a relationship problem, maybe the easiest way is just sitting quietly observing him while he eats grass. And I've done that with people. They come out, they're fighting, fighting, fighting. And the first thing I do is like, just come out with your horse. And then on purpose, I'll just talk to them for a long time and have them just observe their horse with no pressure, break some patterns, just find the easiest way. What is the easiest way to get along and do that? So find it, do it, and acknowledge it. 
and keep doing that until you are able to experience a higher percentage of harmonious moments. And then disharmony will stop feeling normal. So if you get on every day and you fight with your horse and you get on again and you fight with your horse in the arena or in the saddle, you get on them again and you fight with your horse, maybe, you know, you're doing hard stuff. You got to equalize that. Make sure you're spending a higher percentage of time in whatever situation it is that is harmonious, even if that means just sitting outside his stall and gazing upon him. (laughs) Do that. Find a way to start with harmony. Don't get used to disharmony. You want disharmony to not feel normal. You want it to stand out. Some of us move through life where it's like work and it's struggle and it's annoying things. And then every now and then when the circumstances are just right, it's like, oh, that was perfect. That was such a peaceful moment. I want us to be the way around. I want life to be in harmony. And every now and then, if there's a disharmony, I want to know it. So for me, disharmony comes as a feeling. I've trained myself to recognize this feeling. It feels to me, I'll share what it feels like to me, and maybe that'll help you. It feels like a little twisting in my gut. So (laughs) right now I have... um, my hands in front of my like abdomen, one on top of the other, and little fists, and I'm twisting them in opposite directions. That's what it feels like. And this little feeling is often followed uh, quickly with really unhelpful advice from my brain, such as, ah, just suck it up, <laughs> or deal with it, <laughs> or some other really not helpful phrase. And it's also there's a little sound it makes <laughs> and it's the sound of like, Ur. <laughs> I'm gritting my teeth and making a funny face as I say this, like Ur. at that same minute I do the twisting motion. That's what it feels like. It's a tightening. It's a, a, a sound of tension. And I can hear that sound. It's not that I'm making the sound, but it's like, that's what it feels like. So I'm having a really good day. Things are going well. Maybe I'm having a conversation with someone and they say something and it's like, uh, and I know, okay, there's something about that. Am I just, did I just agree to something? Did they ask me a question and I agree to it and I really don't want to be doing that? Why didn't I say that little moment And I stop and I try to look at it and go, wait, what just happened? (laughs) What's going on? And it's really helpful for me. Sometimes I don't know the answer. So I don't have to go think about the answer. I have to figure it out. But at least I know, like, look there. Something just happened there. You know, along that line with that unhelpful advice that my brain gives me, like, ah, just suck it up or don't be silly or whatever, whatever your brain gremlins tell you. I'm thinking about watching some people take lessons. And a lot of times um, instructors will focus on the look of a result and they'll, they'll tell their students, good, in a moment where the student is maybe really not in harmony with their horse. They're gripping with their leg or they're pulling or they're fighting 
but that it looks good. And trainers tell their students good in that moment. And that alone can train the harmony right out of them. So it not only trains the harmony out, but it teaches that student to to call that feeling of fighting, that feeling of disharmony, that feeling that's like so obvious that it's not right. (laughs) It's not something you want to go looking to have happen again, right? You don't come in the house and go, oh, this was great. I was really gripping with my arms today, (laughs) you know? It, tr- it teaches the brain, oh, that feeling of disharmony is good. And maybe we do stuff like that in life too, right? You're rewarded for uh, putting in 60-hour work weeks and not getting any sleep and you're stressed out and your family hates you and your boss is like, good job, <laughs> you're going to get promoted. <laughs> I think this happens a lot in human lives. We're rewarded for things that are disharmonious. And then we learn to reward ourselves for disharmony. I mean, I had to really learn that it was okay to like sit on the couch and read a book. I would feel so guilty. Ah, you're being lazy. Like, no. <laughs> and then I'd sit there reading a book feeling guilty. Like, that's ridiculous. But we do this. So this happens with horses. This happens with life. We can train the harmony right out of ourselves. So a third thing we can decide, that's kind of what we've already been talking about. We notice it. We practice making small changes. We practice making, the, the number one, practice making small changes. They're low stakes things. They're things that don't matter. It's like, oh, it's not really disharmony, but let me just change it anyway, right? So practice, practice the easy version of it before you need it. And this is something I tell people with horses all the time. If they have a horse that maybe gets really reactive in certain situations and you need to be able to have those yields and have that control, I say, well, make sure whatever it is you need to do to get back into harmony in the difficult moment, practice those moves in an easy moment and get the, you know, raise your standard for it. Get really good at making those changes when you don't need it. So that's what number one is about. It's about practicing. Number two, notice. Notice the moment. Oh, there's a, something's happening here. I'm not loving it. <laughs> it's disharmonious. What do I need to do? And then the third is decide. Are you going to love it or are you going to change it? Once you realize you're in disharmony, ask yourself if it's even possible to change it. For example, you can't change the weather. <laughs> So if you're out of harmony with the weather, love you better figure out, you know, go get some different clothes and figure and just decide to love it. So if it is changeable, then decide, are you going to love it or are you going to change it? Take a few deep breaths to feel or look at what's actually happening. Take that moment to pause, as I talked about in the last podcast about problems. Is it possible that what's happening is an equal option or even better than what you thought you wanted? If so, then definitely practice loving it. Sometimes our horses surprise us with things, but they surprise us with things that are actually really good. But sometimes we don't like surprises and we initially want to like change it. (laughs) 
So if you can't change it, or if it's equal or better than what maybe we wanted, practice loving it. Go with it. Be adaptable. But maybe we need to change it. So how exactly are we going to change it? My advice is to play, to search, to experiment. Wiggle it around a little bit. Find a place of ease. Find an open door. It's not about force or coercion or holding it together and making it look like it's working even when it's not. It's about causing your horse to follow your idea. It's about setting things up so that results flow. People make this mistake all the time with their horses, parentheses life. There are so many things designed to force a position, to tie things down, or to punish unwanted behavior. And all it does is cause fear and tension, a lack of wanting to do anything, or it makes them want to do the first thing even more. They just want to get free. So start with changing something, anything. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to find it on the first try. You just have to start. Change helps change happen. Precision arrives out of the possibility that play creates. Now more on back on how to love it. Sometimes deciding to love it takes the most mental gymnastics. I remember when I was first living out on my own as a a young a young woman, I remember getting really grumpy every time I had to like pay the phone or electric bill. My account my bank account was usually at zero at the end of every month and I I kind of hated giving that hard earned money to, you know, boring things like the electric company. But really what was the alternative? So after, you know, feeling grumpy, (laughs) feeling that tension every month when I had to pay my bills, I finally sat myself down and I realized I really did love having a phone and I really did love having electricity. So I decided to love it. I decided to make myself, and it felt like that, felt a little like (laughs) artificial, but I decided to feel grateful that I had the money to pay those bills, even if it emptied my bank account. How lucky was I that I had it? And then in the memo of the checks, I would draw flowers and smiley faces and little hearts, and I wrote, thank you. And a funny thing happened. I was happier. I didn't have any more money, but I was happier. So the easiest place to practice wholeheartedly loving is to start with the things you know you cannot change. Practice loving the weather and practice loving people who drive slower than you. (laughs) And when you feel the shift, acknowledge it. As soon as you decide to love it and flow with things the way they are, mark the moment by saying yes. And if you decided to change it and things shifted even a little, mark the moment by saying thank you. 
This is true for horses in life. When you make it ease-y, when you make it ease-y, full of ease for horses and life, to give you what you love, horses in life will give you even more of it. And so we have to practice. Right now, right now, I'm talking to you. Are you 100% in harmony with this moment? Are you loving it? Or as you're listening, are you thinking about other things you have to do on your to-do list? I'm talking to you who have the podcast in the background while you're thinking of other things. Are you fully loving this moment? Are you thinking you should really be doing something more productive? Are you wishing this podcast was shorter or that I had a different style, but you're still listening to it anyway? <laughs> Is there a different way you can think about it so that you can love it? Is there something you can change right now? I mean, if you're really busy and you're distracted, turn this podcast off, go do it, come back when you can love it more. Or if you want to listen, is there a change you can make right now to become more comfortable? Can you sit up a little taller? Can you stretch for a second? Roll your shoulders. Take a deep breath. Really do it. Shift a little in your seat or how you're walking. Is there anything you can do right now to become slightly more comfortable? One degree. And if you just made a shift and you are feeling more comfortable... That more comfortable moment was there the whole time. One degree away, one little shift, one wiggle away. So remember to ask yourself, even in the middle of big important stuff, is there anything you can change to make things easier, more full of ease? How long are you going to tolerate the tension? How long are you going to tolerate the disharmony? Now I could end this podcast here, but it's bigger than this. I mean, loving it or changing it, that's a great place to start. But in the end, there really aren't as many decisions to make. Most change doesn't require much effort. It just happens continuously. Resisting change is what takes the effort. Finding ease is less about making and more about allowing. So changing is not really the opposite of loving because actually you have to love change itself. So the next step is loving change, right? It's not either I love it or I hate it and I got to change it. <laughs> you could kind of imply that the way I've been talking, but that's not it. We need to love change because you know what? Change is always happening. And most of the time, we can surrender to it rather than fight it. You're not helpless. You can still steer your boat as you ride the wave. You can paddle faster if you want. And you'll be amazed at where it can take you. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. So when you get really good at loving change... It leads you to the next stage, which is just love. 
you realize that everything is only love, unconditional love. Things don't have to be perfect or even good in order to love it or be happy. Now, I don't claim to know what it's like to live in this place of pure unconditional love all the time. I certainly don't. (laughs) But I've spent a lot of years on the long and winding road trying to head in that direction and trying to be aware so I can love my life and love my horses. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.